Welcome to a brand new episode of Unlike a Lady, where every other week you will find me conversing with women from different phases of life, celebrating their life journeys as well as seeking inspiration from daily life situations and how they chose to defy the existing gender norms of the society to live life unlike a lady. In today's episode, the person joining me is very close to me. She is none other than Miss Vandana Sabharwal, my chachi, the person I've spent my entire childhood with in the very same house. And a fun fact, this episode was actually meant to be a trial run for me to get a whole experience of podcasting. But to be honest, the conversation turned out to be such a beautiful and wholesome one that I could not keep myself from sharing this episode for my listeners to hear. So tune in as I converse with her on a lot of things from her life growing up in Delhi to her professional life as a computer teacher for the last two decades and how she has found the right balance in her professional and personal life. Welcome to the podcast, Unlike a Lady. Thank you so much for having me over. It's a pleasure and I'm so glad that the first experiment episode of this podcast is something that I'm doing with you because I have grown up with you. It's just been a really great journey and I really feel that we'll be able to have a really insightful discussion today. It's the same pinch. As you have grown up with me, so, uh, so do I feel, you know, even I have grown up so much with you. So let's begin. All right. Miss Vandana Dhingra Sabharwal. I would like the listeners to know a little bit about yourself, how it was like growing up for you. Okay, so um, I grew up in a typical middle class family, uh, a very close-knit family, uh, receiving a lot of affection and love from uh, everyone around. It was a big joint family setup, so uh, I was the pampered little one in the house. Schooling right. was as much fun um, as uh, college life. Because I had a good set of friends around and uh, college uh, passed away very quickly. And um, soon after college, surprisingly, I got married. Married life has been a a very eventful journey. I've been married now for almost 22 years. And uh, must I say, that's the equivalent amount of time you have not been married as well. Because you were 21 when you got married, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Right, right, right. So, you know, what I personally feel from seeing, looking at you is that you had a really happy childhood. Because I feel a childhood really reflects on the rest of your life as well. And I see you really positive and, you know, enthusiastic about so many things. Truly. Right? Truly. It was was a very... uh, um, I have, I don't have any, any sad memory of my childhood. It, it has been, you know, full of uh, happy memories only. So right, right. Uh, whether it was, you know, um, small fights with my sister or uh, even receiving scoldings or slaps at times from the parents, but, you know, in the long run, you realize it's, it's, it was for your betterment. So I have only happy memories. Right. So those are very small little things that obviously do happen in every household, right? So adding on to that, uh, I feel you had a lot of female energy as well while growing up as a kid because you had a sister and then your mom. So in your household, 
primarily your dad was the one male presence so how do you think you know that kind of uh, played a role in building your personality or in general for you how how was that yeah so in spite of three fourth of the family being female you know um, the father figure actually played the most important role in my life hmm. you know? because my father is a very positive person and uh, he he has taught me to uh, you know uh, go with the flow always right you know take one day at a time and go with the flow so he has uh, given me that kind of positive outlook where you know that in you know if if it's the beginning of a tough time you know that happy times lie ahead of it right and i am very sure that he has never asserted those typical gender uh, stereotypes that you know sometimes people in the household do assert on the girls or the boys because i personally have seen when i go to your place there is no such male dominant sort of a thing he is equivalently there you know with your mother to look after the work in the house and everything else yeah. and whatever little was there in you know um, because of my grandparents or whatever uh, hmm. my mother also played a very prominent role in that you know she always wanted to make sure that we um, mix up well with the opposite gender as well so that we grow up to be independent girls right right Definitely. in fact um, not just my father but uh, you know i've seen my grandfather uh, transform so much with time because of uh, his two granddaughters you know right. uh, in fact he would take us shopping and uh, you know he he would ensure that uh, we don't miss out on anything uh, that other girls get to experience wonderful uh, like we discussed you had a lot of female energy initially while growing up with a sister as well and now that has kind of turned the other way around where you have two sons and then another third little doggo dog mom that you are now and of course so now you are kind of the only female presence in your house now so how do you think you know that changes things and how is that better or maybe not that nice sometimes what do you think about that yeah so you were the only major factor who would like cover it up a little but <laughs> now um, Uh, yes it uh, feels to you know uh, feels a little complicated at times hmm. uh, because of uh, all males around but right. um, you know uh, i have that positive outlook with which i can you know more than cover it up so right. it doesn't trouble me much i'm sure it doesn't trouble you you assert your presence and you make sure that you know you get things done the way they need to be no, and that is obviously well. yeah of course <laughs> and that is really important i feel you have to you know uh, make sure that everyone in fact not just to everyone is heard and felt you know uh, acknowledged and accepted of course <laughs> no but i would also like to add that i have been fortunate enough to grow up in uh, such an environment and then you know continue uh, my uh, journey in again such an environment after marriage also wherein right. uh, no such uh, fixed norms exist hmm. uh, which would uh, you know uh, try and suppress our individuality or personality right right so we've got that freedom we've got that independence always hmm. uh, so as to or our growth right definitely all right so uh, moving on Um, like you said that you know you've always had that kind of a positive environment 
uh, i remember you telling me once you know something as basic a necessity as driving all right if we come to that so i can't imagine the ladies in my house like my mom or you not driving and just you know the male members being responsible of that aspect because i've always seen from childhood self you guys dropping us off to school and you accompanying us to school of course and uh, then our classes or whatever it may be i could not imagine you not doing that because the male members are not present in the house at that time right they've been off for work or whatever so uh, i know that there is a story back there of how that actually happened when you learned driving and you know made sure that yeah i need to learn this i need to be able to do this so can you you know just quickly take us through that story yeah so uh, giving a background context to that as well so like you have grown up seeing us your mom and me driving all through uh, but right. we had not grown up in such an environment mm-hmm. in fact uh, uh, when i entered college those were uh, very transformational years wherein uh, you know my father uh, like has always been so supportive and he wanted to ensure that i learn driving so that i can become more independent of uh, going to college or uh, probably pursuing further education or even working time so uh, i started learning how to drive in fact i completed a, a driving uh, a learners driving course uh, but since i did not uh, continue to drive regularly after that so i got out of touch right. so now uh, after uh, marriage things were you know uh, changing at a very fast pace i picked up a job then i had uh, my elder son then uh, you know so with three kids in the house life and and a job life was very busy right so just to let you know guys we... she does not have three kids she live in a joint family so it was like you know uh, me my brother and her elder son and then later on she <laughs> had another son <laughs> just so you know <laughs> yeah please come so four plus one five and another one down the line it's going to be six yeah. of them for me yeah so now thanks to the lockdown we have an, we have one dog already and another one is on his way <laughs> right yeah so you were saying so one fine evening uh, me your mom and three kids three of you uh, yeah. we were on a you know small outing to mcdonalds and uh, as uh, things would have it we were on our way back from mcdonalds with everyone's happy meals and individual uh, balloons in hand so right. uh, you can imagine what a handful it must be so you know uh, dra- traveling back uh, on a rickshaw on a uh, cycle rickshaw driving through the sector 18 busiest road with three kids their uh, happy meals their balloons are i bags, can imagine what a chaos that must have been <laughs> yeah so uh, i think you know it was a blessing in disguise and uh, that actually made me realize how important it is uh, for me and in fact for your mom as well to be able to drive because it it wasn't uh, you know as much of uh, a chaos as uh, risky it was right. all of you together so how were you planning to come back home from so like mcdonalds to give you context is like a 5 minute drive from our house but of course if you not if you don't have a car not yeah rickshaw, right yeah a drive i'm saying so you were planning yeah. to come back home on a rickshaw yeah and so we right. took a rickshaw and uh, like th- two adults and three kids with uh, their hands full right. uh, was quite a rickshaw ride home hmm. so that <laughs> a 
make up my mind that this is not going to happen the next time I take you all uh, out to McDonald's and I'll ensure that I'm driving by then. So uh, with uh, uh, my mother-in-law's support, I uh, the very next day I joined the driving school and uh, within 15 days, you know, I had the keys in my hand and our next uh, outing to McDonald's was a very enjoyable drive back home as well. Wonderful. That's so nice to hear that, you know, certain, you know, circumstances just give us the push that, you know, no matter what, I have to do this now. Absolutely. And that is how I remember it so clearly as well, you know. Right, right. So I heard the story like two months back, like I have started driving now. It's been more than a year now. And then, you know, you just opened up with this particular story that do you know how I actually even started driving? This this thing happened and you guys were there with us and all. And I was like, wow, you know, that's like so interesting. I'll make sure we discuss this in the podcast when I record it with you. Right. Okay. So uh, moving on to a little professional side of yours. Uh, I even, you know, remember you saying, so your mother has been a teacher, right? And um, uh, I think when I was in my 11th, 12th, I had a science stream and I used to be preparing in general for board exams or something. But whenever people used to ask regarding entrances that, you know, you're a science student, will you be giving entrances for engineering? And I used to say, no, you know, I'm doing science, but that's engineering is something that I don't want to do. I'll do anything but engineering. And I very clearly remember you telling me that, you know, you should not negate something to this extent because sometimes that's the exact thing you might end up doing. You know, I remember you saying that. So how does that fall into the picture for you? Can you tell the listeners? Absolutely. It, you know, uh, I fall 100% into that category. And now I am, it's, it's like a, it's one of the beliefs I truly believe in. So right. um, my mother always used to persuade me to, you know, uh, get into uh, BA, take admission into BA soon after my graduation, because um, as per them, you know, teaching uh, is a, in fact, used to be a very comfortable job for uh, ladies because they could manage the house, the family, the kids so comfortably along with the job. Right. So um, she really tried to persuade me and my sister, both of us. And, uh, you know, more than my sister, I was of the belief that this is something I'm not going to do. I've seen you do it. I've seen you struggle through it. And this is something I'm really not going to do. But um, as uh, things would have it, that is what I've been doing throughout my life now, you know. So uh, after marriage, though, I was uh, still pursuing my uh, computer course when I got married. I completed the course and uh, I just happened to uh, apply for a teaching job. And, uh, you know, I just, it it was like, you know, it had just come up for me only. And uh, so there was a vacancy for a computer teacher itself, right? There was a vacancy for a computer teacher. And uh, since I had already completed my, studies in computers so I applied for the job and they were in fact looking for somebody who could join immediately and right. since I wasn't working I just completed my studies so I was uh, uh, free I was at home and I was free so you know they wanted somebody who to come and join the the very same day in fact the, the hmm. day I went for the interview at eight, eight in the morning I was told to start uh, taking classes immediately. The day I went for an interview, I started taking classes in the school. And in fact, I had to call up 
home from the reception telling them that I wouldn't be coming back from the interview. I would come back only when the school gets over at two o'clock. Right. So um, it was a, um, a very, you know, a surprising uh, turn in my life. And hmm. since then, I've been uh, pursuing that job. And I would say that uh, it's not something I regret. Hmm. Um, it has been um, a wonderful experience and it continues to be. Right. But how did you end up even finding out about the job? Like, you know, you did someone just tell you by chance or what, did you actually look into no, it and then you found out? advertisement all right all right so it happened to you know be in your yeah, so you're looking then... for a job and you know right. um, something uh, since it was related to my field so um, hmm. it was uh, quite lucrative as well right so um, like you said that you know your mother used to mention that teaching somewhere or the other does you know become a very convenient profession for women do you personally feel so like could you imagine yourself being in a corporate, if not teaching? Now, you know, um, after, say, uh, being in the profession for around 21 years, um, it, it has become a very, you know, uh, it's like a comfort zone. Hmm. So uh, I frankly cannot imagine myself in a corporate job anymore. But hmm. yes, if it, it would have been, uh, say, 10, 15 years back, I certainly would. No, because um, it's a very demanding job. It's a very demanding profession. No, right. you have to keep any other profession. You have to keep growing in this profession. Right. It's not that you know continue to teach the same thing that you had learned 20, 25 years back. You mm-hmm. have to keep growing. Have to keep learning and unlearning as well. But uh, being in the company of uh, you know a younger age group uh, seems to make it all worth it. So, right, uh, right. The kind of protection you receive, uh, and you know, uh, the kind of respect you receive hmm. is is amazing. Right. So that's why I say that you know, uh, in spite of uh, it not being that comfortable a profession anymore, I would still not uh, you know trade for it, trade it for anything else. Right. So I also very clearly remember you were t- talking about the profession only to someone uh, and uh, you happened to mention it to us that, you know, the profession has changed over a period of time. There are a lot of extra things that are not directly related to teaching, which have actually, you know, come into the responsibility of teachers now. But, you know, the moment you're explaining a concept in class and you see two students looking at each other and giving them that nod, that giving each other that nod that, you know, now I got it. That is a moment of a lot of satisfaction. I remember you saying that. Absolutely. The pleasure you get from, uh, you know, going to a classroom and, uh, you know, helping children learn a new concept altogether uh, is the way above, uh, you know, managing all the other administrative uh, jobs of a teacher is is like way above that. Right. So uh, the kind of satisfaction it gives, the kind of pleasure it gives is like uh, amazing. Right. It's not comparable to any other, you know, to the kind of satisfaction you receive completing any other job. Wonderful, right. And as teachers of, you know, 11th, 11th 12th graders, senior classes, you remain in touch with, you know, the latest things going on. You feel like you're in that younger lot, you're a part of them. And like, I know personally, my own friends, we've, we've been out of school for two years now they some of them are still so close to you they genuinely you know consider you a friend and 
they just had a teacher student relationship with you even after that they share such a close bond and i just find that really beautiful oh yes it's it's you know um it's a profession wherein you get to not just teach them um you know academically but helping them grow as human beings they are in a very sensitive age group wherein you know they they face issues at home they face uh, problems with friends um they they face normal teenage issues you know and uh, helping them overcome uh, those issues by just sharing your experiences directly right. or indirectly if it hmm. helps um, you know a teenager just uh, come out of that uh, you know a, a worried kind of zone is is really a pleasure is is certainly a pleasure wonderful amazing all right so when we you know think about managing family and job and you know so much more that women are naturally expected to do so uh, taking uh, one example from your context you went on to upgrade yourself academically and professionally while you were a mother to two young boys so how was that like so that was i think around 9 uh, or 10 years back So, so the boys uh, were uh, around eight and uh, five. That's yeah. not that's too old. Those are young kids. <laughs> yes, very very young kids. Yeah. Right. In fact, I think the younger the better, because as they grow, you know, the the responsibilities you have towards them grow further. That's true. So um, I think I took a, a wise decision. It was a very wise and informed decision. As I told you, the the profession demands a, a lot of. Uh, uh growing up you know hmm. uh, growing up in the sense of uh, since uh, i am a computer science teacher so it requires a lot of uh, uh, learning uh, in in the in terms of you know technology the the ever changing technology right uh, so hence I, i took this decision that you know i need to grow professionally hmm. so um, i joined uh, the course and uh, you know it it was very uh, a, a regular uh, course which demanded a, a lot of time and energy uh, mm. as in uh, submission of projects submission of assignments attending classes and uh, of course preparing for the exams but uh, you know it was i think the whole hearted support of the family which helped me really sail through it right so uh, the, the the kids were once explained the, they made sure that they would not disturb me in fact help me out by bringing me a cup of tea or a glass of water whenever i require it So right. I think that was the major factor that really helped me sail through it. That was really interesting knowing about all these wonderful things. You know, even though I thought I knew so much, there were things here and there that even I, you know, found out now itself when having this kind of a conversation with you. So it's really interesting how things, you know, unravel. Okay, so from the concept that the podcast is called "Unlike a Lady." or what would you say like you know who is that uh, one person who taught you to live unlike a lady i believe uh, you know both my parents in fact uh, hmm. i wouldn't you know uh, single them out as in uh, yeah i think it was both my parents who um, never drew any borders for us there were no, there were no fixed lines you know uh, as in um, my mother since she was you know those were the times when it wasn't very common for uh, females to work but she wanted to provide the best of uh, education and the best of facilities to both me and my sister so she ensured that you know she lends a, a 
a helping hand to my father not just in terms of uh, you know um, managing the house but uh, uh, financially as well right so she she was quite a motivation she was quite an inspiration uh, as to there is nothing that you know a lady cannot do right so uh, that helped me and uh, from my father's side it was the the you know the unending support that he would lend to my mother uh, by you know helping her out with household chores when men were like not supposed to do it right so uh, and you know uh, he would make sure that uh, he would take care of the kitchen when she's busy teaching us or when she's tired back uh, tired from work and uh, you know so i could see those uh, borderlines vanishing right. as far as my family was concerned Hmm. so that really you know inspired me quite a lot right and that's really such a healthy environment to be in right and till date i have seen like when i visit your parents along with you there are times when you know your father will say ki okay you're tired let me make some tea for everyone and till date he does that and both of them really make sure Absolutely. that they take care of each other wherever and you know however required that's beautiful and in fact i think that uh, this uh, lockdown period has you know really taught um, the men in our country to uh, you know really help out the females um, right. in the household as far as the household chores are related so you know they they've actually come up and uh, shared whether uh, out of love or by force uh, they they've really <laughs> come up and uh, you know uh, helped uh, the females out and you know and it it's really a, a big uh, motivation for the kids also they they really um, look forward to uh, you know helping out uh, their parents when they see, when they see both the parents uh, you know sharing the load together definitely so they definitely. also uh, really come up uh, they stand up to the occasion and uh, help the parents with it and it's i think somehow this this time has been a, a a learning experience for everyone in our country definitely so this was one time when you actually had the opportunity as well right because before pandemic it was probably always like you know i have to go go to work i cannot do it how can i help but i'm not at home itself so yeah definitely so right. people have learned that along with their job you know um, there there is a life at home as well and uh, since they, since they enjoy the benefits of that life they need to participate in managing that life as well that's so true Okay, but I know how much of a movie buff you are. You love watching movies, right? Yes. Oh yes. You know <laughs> me very well. So, uh, in terms of movies, or probably even books that you would have read, or any, uh, you know, form of content, any sort of content that gives you the feeling that you know women are no less than a man, and something that you know you feel really inspires people whenever you probably watch that movie again. So more than any uh, movie, in fact, you know. you know that i have recently watched the crown as well and uh, right. somehow you know the queen the queen uh, elizabeth and uh, the duchess of cambridge i i really uh, more than in fact the queen the the duchess kate uh, has been um, i i really find her very inspiring you know right uh, and that's a real life character so it makes even more sense you know that it's actually real absolutely you know she has uh, embraced the british monarchy and uh, she's made a place for herself right you know which is not an easy task being um, you know 
nowhere a part of the royal family and suddenly making a place for herself wherein everyone is talking about her the grace with which she carries herself or the the kind of social work that she takes up and uh, i really look up to her for that right all right so that takes us towards the end of this episode this was such such a wonderful discussion i had a wonderful Just time and i'm you made me speak more than i had imagined i would <laughs> i am so glad <laughs> i'm so glad i could do that but no it genuinely turned out to be so much more than even you know i imagined in my head and i think that's the beauty of it same here same here thank you so much for being here today thank my you so pleasure much. entirely my pleasure So that was Vandana Sabarwal for you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the episode and I hope you loved being part of the conversation as much as I did recording it with her. If you liked the episode, don't forget to follow our podcast. There's a lot more coming up, so stay tuned for the next episode.